Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we're joined today. <laughs> this is getting choppier and choppier by Jesse Oliver. Hey world. How are you? <laughs> oh, you know, tired but good. How yeah. are you? <laughs> we're all right. So we do you want to do an uh, update on the the last episode we talked about was the one where we just discovered that the mixer was broken. So let's do a, just so that everybody can imagine what this is like. Update, update, update. And also to like apologize for the fact that I can tell already that like the levels aren't completely perfect. Um, we're recording on one microphone now. The mixer that we have now is still a broken one that only one channel of it works. And we're just kind of like hoping that it doesn't automatically break down in the, in the, in the course of recording. Um, but thanks to, uh, are like just a bunch of people, not a bunch of people, but a few people donating, um, doing one-time donations over the last couple of days since us putting out the AP, AP, what does APB stand for? All Points Bulletin. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, cool. I learned something. Marinapedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we got in, we ordered a new mixer that'll be in in a couple of days. It's an eight-channel mixer. Which means more microphones. Yep. Ross Crean also donated an actual microphone to mm-hmm. us. Dennis Callop and my grandma donated <laughs> to make the new mixer possible. Uh, and then we were also able to get... I'd also watch that sitcom. With Dennis, Dennis Callop and, and my grandma. Yeah. yeah. I... I would too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, are you kidding me? Knowing your grandma specifically. Well, yeah. yeah, and knowing Dennis too, because like Dennis has this like. Oh, Dennis would love your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know so Dennis well. well. I think we met once in passing, but also like I'm like, oh, that seems like a show I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dennis is also, and I'm gonna plug this now, uh, doing writing a column with us. Ooh, that's fun. It's called Vigil Auntie, and his first one. Isn't that great? Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> isn't that really great? Yeah. Um, but his first one was actually about something that we were chatting about before we started recording, which is um, the importance of having a like kind dialogue in the Trump era, and like and like being like you know keeping discourse to a a civil place. I think he, he worded it much differently than I did. Um, but, uh, definitely check that out. It's up on the site. But anyway, so, 8-channel mixer, got a new microphone from Ross Korean, uh, lapel mics. Lapel mics. We ordered lapel mics, which is really awesome. Not like Britney Spears, though. Yeah, and I also, we also but picked up a... they could be. They could be. They, yeah. they, if you have, and if, and if, you know, we're about to record you, and, and you have that Britney Spears je ne sais quoi... Then we may allow I mean, you. That obviously, the next time I'm on. Oh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, and then a we got a battery powered portable mixer, and we did all that with like three hundred dollars. So, if you want to know that, that donating to this show means that your money's gonna go a long way, just put me in front of eBay. Well, and, like, and, you know, we did get a couple larger donations, but also Tierra Burge did donate a couple dollars, which right. was, yes, which was you, so Tierra. awesome. So yeah. thank you, Tierra. Yeah. That is not to, you know, every, every large amount makes a difference, every little bit to make right. a difference. Well, Dennis, and this is something that if someone needed to do this at some point generally, but Dennis basically got an annual donorship and paid it all up front. Cool. Which is, I mean, an annual, a monthly, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, anyway, let's let's get into it. Not that, yeah, I didn't mean to like out. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But I, I think that's a cool. I'd, I'd never thought of that before. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's stop talking about ours. <laughs> it's been four minutes already. Let's talk about Jesse Oliver. Let's talk about lady business. Let's talk about lady business. I am less interesting than lady business. Um, that's not true. That's, uh, it's not, but. Back to the meta at hand. Um, so, lady business is this Sunday at 8 p.m. So that's September 24th at 8 p.m. at Uptown Underground. Such a cool venue. Yes. Uh, and we are raising money for uh, Sarah's Circle. Which is the largest shelter, largest homeless shelter for women in Chicago. Uh, and we are also raising money for uh, victims of Hurricane Harvey. Wow. And we're specifically partnering with an organization, at least one of the organizations we've been in touch with, is raising money for pads and tampons for women for hurricane relief. Wow. So hugely important. So yeah. hugely important. Uh, never forget that those are still considered luxury items and taxed. Yeah. Yep. And only one state in the United States requires shelters to carry tampons and pads, and that's New York. Every other state is not legally mandated to do so. Mm-hmm. I think that it's super important that, especially as folks that, and I'm not specifically talking about any of us in this room, but like just generally, I think the like the arts communities are ones that are are li- likely to be like, I'm gonna put on a fundraiser, and I think there's a, di- a big difference between being like, I'm gonna put on a fundraiser and it's just gonna all go to the Red Cross, which I'm sure it's gonna go somewhere, but then it's like, I'm putting on a fundraiser and it's going to this specific thing because this is a specific issue. I mean, the Red Cross has proven itself to be a little uh, irresponsible with funds, right? Which is why uh, I personally do not donate to them. Uh, So uh, every organization we've sort of found are more local, on-the-ground organizations to work with. Uh, The other thing, at the inception of Lady Business, there was always uh, an element where I wanted to do something that was a Chicago-specific charity. So last one, we did Chicago Women's Health Center, Mm -hmm. and then we did Planned Parenthood as the national one. And this one, originally we were going to do Distributing with Dignity, but two things happened. No one from that organization ever got back to us after like four different emails. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, Harvey happened, and I just sort of felt like, well, maybe this is sort of a serendipitous thing that we hadn't heard back from them. And there is such a great need, Mm -hmm. and there's such a great need for specific things for Harvey that uh, a lot of the money will go towards raising money for products that women need that people forget that women need yeah is distributing with dignity is that a specific organization that gives out sanitary yeah tampons and pads and deodorant and bras to homeless women wow so but which I still would love to support we just never ever heard back heard back from them yeah um, yeah, so this one is Sunday night, 8 p.m., Uptown Underground. Tickets are $25. Uh, 21 of those $25 will go directly to the charity. Uh, the rest of that ticket price is just the price that the venue takes out. Mm-hmm. So none of we none of us see money. That's yeah. sort of the, the, the deal, mm-hmm. uh, is that I ask, you know, I, I am 
100% an artist who would never ask someone to do something for free unless it is specifically for charity. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, we all need to get paid. We all need that money. We all need that cheddar. We need that paper. I get it. But uh, as an artist, I often do not have money to give to organizations that I really, really believe in. Yeah. And so what I do is plan these events and give money that way that I raise the money to give to them. Uh, And artists are great about understanding that and donating their time and their talent because it's things we believe in. Well, and also many of them I'm sure are in the same boat where they, they are not in a position to give. And so they give their time in support of an, like organizing to give yeah and it's amazing like we are so fortunate in the last one and in this one in the amount of talent that agrees to do this like i'm always like i don't know how we got all of these people but great this is great we're all in it together and doing it so yeah well who all is participating this sunday Oh my goodness, can I pull up a full list so that Please. I can tell you everyone? Yeah, of course. Because otherwise I'm going to like just say the things I remember and my uh, tired, uh, addled brain will not be able to remember everyone and then I'll feel badly. Um, okay, let me pull up. All right. How about that weather, huh? <laughs> it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I went to work this morning and it was like pouring rain it was like a torrent on my way up to Loyola and then I left like at one and it was like hot and I walked outside mm-hmm. and my hair literally just like grew it just like started I was like oh that's it's humid <laughs> uh okay so we have Aunt Nance hosting mm-hmm. uh who uh, is a character that Brittany Congleton plays and it's she's hilarious and wonderful Kayla Pulley is doing stand-up. Brooke Allen is doing uh, a piece she wrote. Uh, Kristen Rao, who is the co-organizer, is doing a dance piece. Uh, uh, Sanal is doing a comedic song. Uh, Midnight Martini is a burlesque dancer. I'm like one like burlesque dancer of the world or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Like she's incredible. What? She's incredible. Uh, Prexilla Femina is doing something. Uh, Alejandra Zavala, who is another storyteller. Uh, Sarah Barnhart, who is, uh, she is an improv physical comedy person in wow. Chicago. Uh, uh, Mary Tilden is doing a stand-up set. Um, the Duchess, who uh, is Kenzie Sievert, is doing a drag act. And then we have uh, two musical acts, which are The Land Mermaids, which is a group I am in, and then The New Switcheroo. How old is The Land Mermaids? Uh, like a month old, not even. I was yeah. going to say, because this is like, <laughs> that's like so on brand. Like. Oh, I mean, I wasn't even the one who presented the name, but I was like, uh, you're not going to get an argument from yeah. me. <laughs> and yes, please. I keep, I, I've decided that whatever the next tattoo I'm getting is... <laughs> Well, no. Whatever the next tattoo I'm getting is, it's a mermaid in a Viking helmet holding a vintage barbell and a piece of pizza. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think you could get any more on brand for my life. So, done. Uh, that sounds right. That sounds right on every level. Yeah, so... 
That's the lineup. Totally tangential, but I actually just saw that there is a Friday the 13th $20 tattoos thing going on for October 13th. If anybody's, if anybody's aware of that, what? it's Taylor Street Tattoos. They're doing those, like, you know what I'm talking about. We're the ones where you have to get a tattoo with the number 13 on it or something like that. Oh, send me the link. I'm just curious. Yeah. I just want to I'll actually, it. I'll tag you in it right now. Um, you don't have to be right now. I mean, I was just looking at it. <laughs> what else are the people doing? It was amazing. Except for listening to <laughs> Daniel send me a link about Friday the 13th tattoos. Well, um, so what the other I... thing I was going to ask you is, um, what, how has the, with so much different, with so many different acts going, like, what's been the, like, programming theme? Is it, theme? Is it just leaning into the, like, smorgasburg of it all, or, like? I mean, I, you know, it's a cabaret, so, like, I sort of was, like, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's there for entertainment, right? Like, we actually will have representatives from Sarah's Circle at the event. Uh, someone's going to get up and speak. You know, we're... But I... The first one, there was some... There were some moments that were sort of on brand with the whole idea of, like, Chicago Women's Health and Planned Parenthood. But for the most part, people just performed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did pick a finale... Oh my gosh, Kristen sent me a text and she's like, I mean, are you religious? Is this a religious song? And I was like, no, this is a Bruce Springsteen song. So the finale is a Bruce Springsteen song that he did for the tribute uh, after September 11th, right? And like, when we put this together, for some reason, that was the song that just kept going through my head. Mm -hmm. So New Switcheroo is going to play it and I'm going to co-sing it with one of the singers from New Switcheroo. But like, like, but there, I was like, you know, there's sort of like that was thought about just like holding on, which is the it's a Carrigan and Laudermilk song, mm-hmm. was the finale of the last one, and uh, that was sort of um, a song that when we started to put it together kept coming into my head because of the way the lyrics were like, and I keep holding on, which like, I mean, we started planning that one pretty much. Uh, around inauguration and we Mm. did it in February and it was like this like I mean I said to Kristen early on in this planning process I go never underestimate this administration's ability to hand us shit we're gonna have to organize something else for right like like and I mean that like like I want the next one to be at least in part to help fund uh DACA like organizations that are helping with DACA because like this the uh, the work there will never not be work to be done in the next four Mm -hmm. years yeah I mean, not that there's never not work to be done, period, but, like... Now more than ever. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that's super interesting about it all, is, like, finding where the battlegrounds are. You know, that's something that we were talking about earlier before, was is just, like, what are the things that we really... Especially folks that... Because I, I think that we probably sit, especially the three of us here, sit in our listenership tend to sit pretty left of the aisle like to yeah. the left of the left of the yeah. aisle and so there's a there's it's, welcome to the glorious echo chamber yeah. chamber chamber, chamber. <laughs> yeah. but it's that game of where you're like there are things with the center left that i agree with and there are things with the center left that i disagree with but at least they're not fucking white supreme i mean i mean but well, also your lines that, of white supremacy are, i mean are i thing. guess that's also like yeah but also how much of that white supremacy exists in people who still identify as like a, a liberal right or white right like uh, there's a lot of unchecking that yeah yeah i i mean which that's not a discussion for tonight i am too tired to launch into that discussion right that's now. totally fair but 
yes. I mean, this is an administration that has caused people to, like, change careers. Like, my friend Julia, she, I grew up with her, she's a, she, I grew up with her, like, taking voice lessons, and she, like, has a bachelor, she has a double degree, bachelor's in government and vocal performance, and then got her master's in vocal performance, and after the election, she decided to go into campaigning. Yeah. Good. I mean, we need it's, it, right? I mean, but I mean, just like... You know, there have been there have been administrations that people that were upset by in the past, but to like it's to the point that people are changing the entire course of their lives. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's just emblematic of just how terrible shit is and how important it is. Like, you know, your average Joes, your average Janes are becoming activists. Yeah. Uh, I think it is fascinating that I don't know. Did either of you see the interview with Rachel Maddow and Hillary Clinton? No. In the, that, as part of the book tour? Yeah, yeah. I mean, A, what? I, regardless of where one stands on Hillary Clinton, like, I am uninterested in debating those points. Right. It's just so refreshing to hear someone with such uh, uh, <laughs> intelligence and such like you like just speak right on like the national level like to hear that like again you're like oh man i forgot what that sounded like right well so sorry i'm cutting you off that's okay uh i i find it really interesting that the thing she's now doing is she's running an organization that helps grassroots movements Mm -hmm. that's like what she's devoting her life to now yeah and she's going into schools to help people with it and I will say, you know, she saw what happened with the last election, at Mm. least in the sense of, like, in the Democratic Party, right? Like, Bernie had a grassroots movement that no one expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is at least uh, capable and smart enough to recognize that and be like, this is is how we win. This is how we, we undo this, right? Right. Like... She is a brilliant, brilliant person. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how people feel about her as a politician, she is a brilliant person. And I saw that was like, oh, that's fascinating because that's actually like you learned. You learned what that was. Well, and it's, like it's how the yeah, it's how the right one. Mm-hmm. Is oh, absolutely. That, it's, I mean, I would I would say in part the right also won on supremacy and yes. uh, uh, basically being fear mongers and uh, not educating yeah. people well enough for decades to be able to understand their own circumstances mm-hmm. and the plight in which they live in. I mean, the right won for a lot of reasons, right? Gerrymandering. We could go on and on. But I mean, what they did that that I don't think the left did is that they excited the base. Oh, yeah which i mean, I mean but, oh god yes but yeah you're not wrong i also yeah. just it's just no it's yeah. horrible yeah but they excited their base and they got people Can out you just imagine those administrative meetings about how do we keep netanyahu in our back pocket and placate all of the nazis <laughs> like I Wait, just I'm, don't I'm even understand, yeah. like, what oh, what yeah, does yeah, that yeah. whiteboard look like, like, when they're planning that out? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly waiting for the, like, the other foot to, the, the other shoe to drop on that and the, like, 
we're gonna which would be a really weird but would make sense move of the like defunding of Israel I mean again I am too tired to launch yeah, yeah, conversation yeah. So but the only other thing I'm yeah. gonna, I want to to comment on is what, of what you were saying is that like this is something that I've been making a point to say to folks that as a person that considers himself staunchly feminist uh, but also isn't is very much involved in the like recently the like socialist different um, outside groups like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups about it and I follow all the the which is how which is how you know which is how you know <laughs> but I, I think that it's um, super I just want to reiterate that um, I think the folks on the on the far left that are doing the right work right now are the ones that are um, like there are people that are some some sexists some not so much that are like strongly critiquing the book and kind of just being disparaging to the book the Hillary Clinton book um I I I don't know that I personally am going to like go out of my way to like buy it maybe maybe at one point I'll read it that's me me personally but I would I I don't agree with disparaging it for disparaging its sake because to that end of like we're on the same side here like that we're not only that but like uh, there is a real tangled web of people saying they're disparaging things for uh, tangible reasons mm-hmm. versus just their latent misogyny coming out right. and like saying shit that's like illogical because they're actually just right. You know, I mean, again, I will reiterate: no candidate has ever had to be described as having grit and grace before, mm-hmm. right? Like this constant need to soften her, right? Because she, she, you, you cannot win. You're either not feminine enough, or you're too feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're weak because you're too feminine, or you're, you know, like that. That level of shit will never. A man will never be able to understand, at least in the world of politics, mm-hmm. right? I guess I am actually very interested to read it. I will read it when my life uh, presents a time in which I can sit down and actually like leisurely read a book. Um, I, you know, I I think I always come back to this, like, at the moment she got the nomination, she adapted 80% of Sanders' platform. Mm -hmm. Say what you will, she understood that that was important. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and there might be, you know, I can disagree with policy things pre that point, but at that point, she adopted 80% of policy things that I absolutely, fundamentally... And viscerally believed in. So, people who you know kept saying, "Well, I'm like, oh." I mean, I stood in like I went to one of the Bernie rallies, and I stood in line with a whole bunch of dudes who were talking about women using the language of bitch and whore. Right. And it was just like, oh, this isn't. This is your misogyny, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you don't. You don't actually know why you're here. You just know you don't want to vote for a Republican. Right. And you're saying these terrible things. Yeah. Like, it was Pam Torrey, who's a, a big Hillary flan, fan, that I, what, like, flan. I, flan. She's, she's really... I mean, Pam, I make some Hillary flan with you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she was, she's been posting a lot about it, and it, that was one of the things that made me really, like, take a look at. And what's really been going on in the far left is this really this movement of really trying to make sure to, to a to vault 
leftist women's and POC's voices, um, but also to really just shout down the misogyny that's so rampant in the far left community post Bernie. Um, and and, and, and never forget that, uh, and this is not directed at you specifically, this is directed, because I know you just said this, so I don't, I want to make sure you know I'm not saying this to you, but men can profess to be feminists and still be fucking misogynist. Absolutely. No, you yeah. You know, like, There's it, be, because, I mean, and not even, sometimes it's like not even on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. The culture and, and is so, that patriarchal culture is so woven into the fabric Absolutely. of your existence that it's hard to even see sometimes that something you could be doing would be considered misogynistic. Yeah, I, I to this day am unpacking toxic masculinity things in my personality. Oh my gosh, because and they're is, smaller now, but they're they're still there. Absolutely, because toxic masculinity, I mean, obviously it hurts women. It hurts women more, yeah. but it does hurt men. Absolutely, it hurts men, and that cycle hurts everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the fact that with, you know, faux feminism, the fact that Saturday Night Live did a sketch about faux feminism just shows, like, it's not like an underground thing. It's not like a latent thing. Right. It is a thing that we are, that is, it's everywhere to the point that it's like on Saturday Night Live's radar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But then look at the way they treated Sashir Zameda this year. And you, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. 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 So, you know, or like I always come back. I just like to remind people that Saturday Night Live was the first group to give Donald Trump a big national platform. Yes. Yes. They legitimized that candidacy after he had already called all Mexicans rapists and drug dealers. Yep. They legitimized him as a candidate. Absolutely. And when they then would go, I love Kate McKinnon. Do not get me wrong. I think she's funny. I think she's wonderful. She's, but like, that all the Hillary stuff, I was just like, livid. I was livid because I was like, you need to take ownership in what you did with this Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is not undoing that. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to make sure to say about the book is that post its post its actual release i think the the media narrative has been like completely shifted in that pre-release it was like they were like feeding this far left center left infighting and like really picking out the excerpts that were specifically about bernie but post its release there's just more and more people being like that's not what this book is about this book is about from what i've heard and, and someone that's actually read the book please correct me if i'm if i'm you know but like from what i've heard it's about hillary coming out and being like I fucked up, like, like, and, and, and doing it in a way that, like, shows her own, like, brilliance and stance on things and, and all this stuff and doing it in this really, like, way that is working towards the future, but, and that, but that's the nature of a lot of what people are saying about the book is from, from what I've heard at least. Yeah, I mean, isn't it easy before that book release to make it about that and, like, people, like, is it too soon? But remember after Trump got elected and everyone was like, well, where's Hillary? Where's Hillary? And, like, mm-hmm. you, you don't get it both ways. Yeah. Also, Bernie released a book, like, a week after the election. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and was that, and that, that was a policy book. Don't right. get me wrong. These are different books. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, no one was like, oh, too soon, too soon, right? Like, it's yeah. it is just... There is no rubric, right? Like this is a, this is not a fair comparison, Absolutely. and you will never be able to convince me that it is not one hundred percent due to misogyny. Yeah, that that is you know what I mean. Like you, you it's just yeah. Mm. 
like you might not like the book these are not even like i'm not even debating the point of whether or not someone enjoys the book yeah those arguments are fundamentally male driven arguments and there's a vitriol that yes. is that comes to the that that comes preloaded to someone talking about the book when they a lot of times it's folks that haven't read it and and like that's why I'm I'm working really hard as a person that hasn't read it who I like I could be prone to being like oh it's because truthfully like I said like I, I don't know that I'm gonna go out of, I, I might read it at some point but like I it's not I'm not I, the you know, person can I make can I make a recommendation I, I would say go out of your way to read it because that is an act of like actively engaging with something mm. that like you're recognizing that. If we're having this discussion right now, right, about that some of this is steeped in misogyny, some of this is steeped in, you don't have to agree with her. Yeah. But to go out of your way to read it is an important thing. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, it's, how much is it? First of all, at some point, it will be cheaper. And I'm sure Pam will let you borrow her copy when she's done. (laughs) Let's be real. That's really also, all that it is. Genuine, genuine. There's this like, that's big the whole... old place like a mile down the street called the Salter Library. It's the second largest library in the city. Is the book in the library yet? Of course it is. All right, cool. Welcome. To, I mean, cool. you have How like resources. I don't How know. How much is it? Also, well, I saw her tickets for the live shows are like the $45 tickets, the cheapest ticket, and they're already sold out. Yeah. And you know what? Some of that, I like... Have you ever known an artist that actually price like of that like an artist or someone like that of that nature that is price pointing their own tickets? I don't think that's Oh, oh yeah. You know yeah, what I no, mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, you're right. Like it's a $45 ticket, but like I'm also like, yeah, when you go to see U2, how much does that cost you? Yeah. To hear Bono basically masturbate on stage vocally like <laughs> remember that time that you two put their album on everybody's oh you couldn't get rid of it now okay you two is a very divisive group right either people love them or they hate them i tend to fall in the hate category but i also understand why people love them yeah. i just do not yeah. my relationship with you two is that there is one song of theirs that I was in an Irish choir when I was growing up that Natch. we did an arrangement of. Which one song? Of those, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Okay, okay, that is a decent song. I mean, you know, every everyone has a couple of songs that I will listen to, yeah. right? Still haven't found. Uh, there is they do have a song on the Reality Bite soundtrack that I have a an affinity for <laughs> from childhood. Because I wanted to be Janine Garofalo in that movie when That's I grew fair. up. Like, that, like, 13-year-old Jessie was all about being Janine Garofalo when I grew up. Everybody wanted to be She was so cool. I mean, she's still... That's not a past tense She's thing. still cool. She's right. still real cool. Um, yeah. I don't know if, any, yeah. if either of you have seen the Wet Hot American Summer reunion. No, I have not. I, I watched it. It's, it's really? not as good as the, yeah. like, first day of camp. But it's still very enjoyable. Yeah. And she's very enjoyable. Um, yeah. All right. So let's talk more about... Let's go back to lady business. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's What has organizing it been like for you? Like how... Because... I mean, you guys know, organizing things is hard. Yeah. yeah. But what's, so, so what's the administration look like at this point? I mean, it's, it's lots of... of like us just like opening our laptop 
when we have a free moment and right. sending emails, right? But what about like, like actual quantities? Like how many, how big is the administrative staff? Is that is a weird question? Is it just you? Is it or just you? It's me and then who's ever helping me on that event, right. right? So like last time it was Kate and Ashley and me and this time it's Kristen and me. Like, but it's always like me and someone else. Right. <laughs> you know, like whoever's it's available. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Whoever is available to help. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kate's actually, Kate's helping out too. Kate had been, um, she's doing an MFA where she's gone in the summers. And since we started planning it while she was gone, like she wasn't available to help. So like now she's back and she's going to be stage manager there that night. She's part of the Land Mermaids, right? Like, yeah. but it's, it's like, it's who can help, right? Right. I mean, this is the thing, like what I have learned is that it can't just be me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it if it's just me. You need, like, me. a sounding board. I need at least yeah. one other person with me. Do you have a stable relationship with the venue at this point? Yeah. I mean, I think Jen gets that, like, I mean, here's the thing that's important, and this, I hope I'm not saying anything I shouldn't say, is, oh, yeah. like, bar sales, right? So yeah. if we get people in the door, oh, yeah, right. we get bar sales, and that, the venue is like, cool, you did, you did that for us we're happy to help you out with like the stability of space. We um we had a burlesque dancer on recently. Her name is Rosie Roche and um and she's doing a show called The Pink Show at Uptown Underground and it's that same deal where it's yeah. like you get the space but like bar sales. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this on the show and um about So come Sunday 8 p.m. Uptown Underground and drink. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> but responsibly. Responsibly, Drake. Responsibly. And if not, the Wilson Red Line's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, it's cool when you can bring, as a person, as people that have organized things, it's great when you have that many people involved in the performance, too, for a thing like a fundraiser. Totally. Or a thing for, like, you know, because it makes... I will say, uh, one thing that always gives me a little panic, but it always seems to work out, is people just don't buy tickets before the week of the show. That's mm-hmm. just a universal rule, right? Yeah. So, like, Saturday, I opened up the ticket site, and I was like, oh! <laughs> and then I started laughing. I was like, you know what? Last time at this point, we had sold, like, maybe five more than we've currently sold. So we're yeah. going to be fine. And you, can you buy tickets at the door? At the door? You should be able to. I don't really, I mean, that's something I should know. But, you know, you know when everyone asks you when you're in a show, they're like, what time does the show start? You're like, uh-huh. you're like, I know what time I'm called. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like um, I can drive you. You can hang out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm sure you'll be able to buy tickets at the door. But I would highly recommend that you get them beforehand. Yeah. Because, you know, that link, uh, if I send you guys the link, will you put it yeah, of course. in this? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a link well, there's to a buy Facebook tickets. Event, right? Yes, there's cool. a Facebook event. Well, we always, there's also we'll Lady Business Chicago is a Facebook uh, group right. that you can be following. And you can see all of the beautiful headshots and photos of us performers. What made you go with the group over the page? We, oh, no, is it a page? I can't oh. remember. Kate actually set that up last time. Cool. It is a page. It's a page, and I think Kate and I are the administrators of it. Cool. Um, and then we created an event in the page, you know, doing all the things. Yeah. I, I admittedly, like, this would not be the thing I would, like, the admin side would not be the thing I would choose to do. Uh, I'm really good at being like the person who's like, can you come do this? And people are like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I love working with the artists. Right. Uh, but admin. You're a talent is, manager. 
I mean, ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, but, uh, you know, it's the, you guys understand this, this is a necessary evil in anything, any endeavor that you want to do, mm-hmm. you will also be taking up the torch of admin. Oh, yeah. You emails. Know, email, emails, 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 emails. And also, like, as someone who, my primary income is teaching, which means I'm very rarely at a computer, mm. right? So, like, I'm, like, I have to, like, actively open my, like, yeah. and, you know, like actively try to do it. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. No, my, uh, my day job is at a cafe where if I'm seen on my phone, it's swatted away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yes. We all, I, you know, artists live very, it is, in a world that you're so connected It's interesting when you do a job that actually sort of purposely disconnects you. Mm Yeah. You know? And you're like, oh, I only check Facebook in, you know, the five-minute passing periods. Yeah. I mean, I will say one thing I love about the page is that you can schedule posts. Isn't that the best? That's... A bit of time saver. Well, that's yeah. what we do with all of our episodes. Yeah. Because that... we like putting them up at 9 a.m. and Maureen's usually at work and I'm usually sleeping in. Totally. I... That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, <laughs> I set them up for 9.30 a.m. and I set them all up on Saturday for the whole week and then just sort of I'm like, okay, I'll spend a couple of hours setting all of this up and then Yeah, and you have the benefit of it. like a wealth of content because you have so many folks to plug, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've enjoyed seeing the uh, all of the people that are involved. It's a good group. Yeah. I'm real excited. Yeah. How long is the... When did you start planning for this specific uh, program? Well, so Kristen really wanted to do a, a benefit for women's organizations, and she had done a volunteer teaching with Barrel of Monkeys last year, mm-hmm. and we were at Celebration of Authors, which was in June, and she said this to me when we were sitting in the dressing room, and I was like, oh, funny, I actually I actually do that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? I go, no, I actually, like, that's, that's something I do. Yeah. And she, so then we started, she happened to be, um, which fest was it? Edge Fest, maybe, that Barrel of Monkeys did? We did a show at Uptown Underground, <laughs> and it was like five women doing a cabaret of all like Barrel of Monkeys songs in which I interpolated at least two high C's into pieces that night. I was like, oh, well, if you're going to have the opera singer here, I'll, I'll be a weirdo and sing really high at all of these people. Um, uh, so she happened to be having a meeting about doing this cabaret while we were teching that cabaret. And then I saw her at celebration of authors and she told me this and I go oh funny that's actually like something I do and so then she was like well would you I was like do you want help do you want do you want a co-organizer do you want to do this and then I was like also I have like an infrastructure of people and like a page and like all of that already in place so uh we ended up working together and I think we probably properly started planning in July we like gave dates to people and said, put this date, this is the date, can you do this? And then like August is when we started to sort of like cobble it together. Mm-hmm. So, but it takes time. I mean, all of this takes time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. 
Especially to craft something that I feel is um, intentional in its crafting uh, Mm. of uh, people, of uh, performances, of like, I I, I don't want it ever to be just, uh, I love my singing community, but like, if it's only us, we're only inviting the same people. Yeah. Right? Like... And so it's important to be like, oh, we're going to have a burlesque dancer and we're going to have someone who does drag and we're going to have someone who does stand up and we're going to have someone who does storytelling and is part of the storytelling community. Right. Like Brooke Allen is incredible. And like she gets people in a door because she's incredible and she is so kind and gracious and wonderful to do this for us. Right. Like, I mean, it's just getting that um, spectrum of people to get a spectrum of people in the door to, to raise money for these great organizations. Yeah, that's something that, that we've run into is that is the feeling of like exhausting our audience. Mm. And like, and the fact, you know, and it's, that is the thing about an echo chamber. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, like you, it is a, the same, it, it's a loop of people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it gets hard, right? Yeah. Like, that's why I text you when uh, Jess was on the show, and I was like, how did you guys find Jessica Ann? Because I went to high school with her. Yeah. (laughs) We've worked really hard to try and find folks that are not just, uh, you know, because it'd be really easy for me, my work in Chicago to just be, have a bunch of opera and tap people on every episode. I mean... If you guys ever want some artists, I can send people to you. If always you do. To. Yeah. Always every that's to people listening to. We always are into that because, like, I I'm really proud that I think like 50 percent of the guests we have on the show aren't singers. Yeah. You know, we have yeah. a lot of like. And there's only poets. so much. There's only so much hounding of people at work that I can do. Where like I ask people while while I'm like charging them for coffee being like so what do you do are you an artist i have a podcast please come on my shit yeah <laughs> that'll be four dollars and 14 cents here's thank my, you here's yeah. my here's my email address on yeah. a receipt yeah yeah <laughs> she gets some business cards yeah some dope business cards you know it's worth the investment also remember it's a tax write-off you yeah. guys, can I give the greatest piece of advice on this podcast of any artist needs? Mm-hmm. David Turrentine is the man. He, Accountant? Yeah. Cool. Oof. Oof. Do you know I, what? My, my love of David Turrentine is deep and strong. <laughs> there are, like, as far as, like, uh, like, elite people you're supposed to hire as a professional thing you're supposed to do, there are two people that I'm just like super excited about one day hiring for all of the things we do. That's an accountant and a lawyer. Because I really want to hire a lawyer to basically like do our non-for-profit status. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to fuck with that. I want to just have, yeah. I want to hand to some person who's you gone should, through years it, and years Put it school. in the world that if someone is getting rid of their 501c3, they can gift it to you. Really? Yes! You can... Be gifted a 501c3. Shit. Hello, world. <laughs> Do you believe in love? Because I got something to say about it. Yeah. Do you have a pesky 501c3 weighing you down? <laughs> Is that 501c3 just a pain in the ass? Is it burning a hole in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is it can be gifted to people. Cool. That is, uh, yes. We'll look into it. But, uh... Well, that an account. No, David, I mean, 
honestly, it's very reasonably priced, and I... Where's he set up at? He's a block away from here. Nice. Uh, I would not... Ravenswood? Yeah. Cool. He, and he, you know, he, like, he's an actor. Yeah. So, like, he understands it. He also, like... My mother is an accountant, and I love her dearly, but her specialty is energy and utility auditing. Mm. So she would, like, play this game where she'd be like, this won't get you audited. <laughs> like, so I wasn't, like, taking probably the full deductions I could, and, like, being able to sit down with him and Connie over there, I was like, what? Yeah. It's like, I'm, it's like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a refund? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like, oh. Well, they especially are. as an independent con, are you yes, an independent con? Yes, now? yes, they yeah. and they're just wonderful people and helpful and watched me cry when I first walked in there. And gave and, me a hug. What accountant gives you a hug? Dave and do you, were you did you keep all track of your receipts or were they able to do it with like bank statements? Bank statements, awesome. like you can do all that. So yeah, I think that's what credit we card statements. Do. You know. Yeah, I've been think- we've been thinking about that more and more as we've. Because I think when we first started doing this, we were like, oh, whatever. We're, we're getting, like, $100 a month. Like, what is that? That's never going to be more than right. the whatever. But like, well, especially because, I mean, I, you guys don't have a 501c3 status. No. So, like, you're going to have to figure that out. Yep. David well, Turrentine. Worth it. Trust me. Worth it. Yeah. Figure out how to do it. Worth it. I mean, we're going to do the thing where we take a picture of our study and are, like, this is part of our thing. This is part of our Oh, thing. yeah. I just basically measured this room and said, this is how much of my apartment I use for teaching. Like, from here to there, because all of my teaching books are there. Yeah. 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 So, we have five minutes of interview left, and then the minute plug, and then our closing stuff. Is Great. there anything we should definitely talk about before your minute plug of, of what you have upcoming? Do you know what I'm talking about? Definitely talk about Am yeah, I is missing? What, is there something you think we should definitely be no, talking about? No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm just like you know. We want to make sure that like that you, you feel as though. Mm. I mean, I'm gonna just say like if you haven't watched this season of BoJack Horseman, I highly recommend you do that. Yeah, that's what I'll say. That's what I want to talk about. I just finished it last night. Let's talk about BoJack Horseman. Oh my god, it's gosh. really good. It's this will really be like the third good. episode now that we've talked about BoJack Horseman, yeah. and I'm okay with it. Yeah, we I, about it. you know, this season there was so much in this season that I was like, oof, this is a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Princess Carolyn, man. Oh, uh, don't you, you just want to see Amy Sedaris star in like a dramatic role? Yeah, I do. Like after this season of BoJack Horseman, I just want to see Amy Sedaris. Do some kind of like heartbreaking family. Is she related movie. to David Sedaris? Yeah, she's David's sister. Really? Yeah. It's all wow. in David Sedaris's book about his sister Amy. I only got through halfway through it. Book. Which book? Who heard the, you? Um, what's the one? Me talk pretty one day. How could you only get through half? Oh, first of all, David Sedaris is a really wonderful human. I met him when I was working for Colorado Public Radio. And he, he does this thing where he always buys, like, people gifts. Like, uh, like if you go to one of his book signings, he'll have, like, a, a thing for all the people who are, like, going through the line. And uh, so he bought, like, I think it was Hershey Kisses for everyone. And uh, he was like, oh, but I know you, so you get the good chocolate. What do you want? And I said, oh, I'll take a piece of the bark. Like, he had this, like like white chocolate cranberry pistachio bark. Yeah. It was delicious. And then when he signed my book, he's like, Jesse, 
welcome to my bark. <laughs> and I was like, oh, David Sedaris, what a gem of a human. I think very, I... He's very likable. He's like, he's I, he's more shy than I think people realize yeah. he is, right? Like, because in his writing, he comes across as so, like... Such a personality. And, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But, like, in person, he's kind of... A little more reserved. What's the story about how he was an elf at a mall? Oh, uh, yes. Holiday. The. Shit. Holidays on Ice. Oh, God. Well, I just remember it's reading. so good. I had a copy of that book in my car for the longest time. Mm. For, like, if I had, to, if I had like, time to kill in my car before I went into an appointment. Yeah. And I would just read it and die. Yeah. It's well, so I. Good. So, I was. I read the part about, like, just his, like, general burnout artist phase during a burnout artist phase where I was like smoking cigarettes it was just like a bad look and I was like this is like this is too, <laughs> too real too real yeah. too on too short on of, brand right short now short of being a, like a straight cis dude it was too real <laughs> um, I understand that oh but back to Bojack Horseman it's just so good it's yeah. just so good well and is there a better t- depiction of depression out there currently no I don't think there is I think it's it's I think this is the first season, though, that I watched, and, like, you forget that, like, half of the people in that are world animals. are animals. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter is a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Like, of course, of course. Like, yeah, that's a real thing for Mr. Peanut Butter. But, like, there, because there's an episode where that actually, like, is prominent. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I totally forgot that they would ever write, you know, because you just get so used to... Them is these really like also incredibly well fleshed out characters. I got to imagine that the writing staff for BoJack Horseman is just a bunch of people that have just been through a bunch of shit. Yeah, and diverse because the also, women seem. You know, I mean, I will say, a man, I so know. like you know the nature of the show. I, I wouldn't go as far as to call it an anti-hero show, right? But like so many of those types of shows. What ends up happening is no one is redeemable. Mm-hmm. No, you care. You stop being, at least for me, like, I understand that everyone's like, Breaking Bad's the best show ever. By the third season, I was like, there is not one fucking person in this show I care about. And I have no desire to continue watching mm-hmm. it because I have no one to root for. I have no interest in this, right? Like, yeah. um, they're really good at balancing the characters who are going through shit with people actually having wins in their lives mm-hmm. and then it coming back around, which is just very real, right? Like, yeah. uh, like Princess Carolyn last season had such a high end to the season and this season was like... Just. Just unraveling. Devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Yeah. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean... Yeah, I and but they always like the thing about Bojack is even when he's a terrible, terrible horseman. Hmm. <laughs> back. Yeah, I bumped a cord. Yeah. Um. Oh, the like even when Bojack is terrible, he ends up doing something that redeems him. You know, because mm-hmm. he's not a bad guy. He's just depressed and. A narcissist and was raised by a self-loathing woman. I mean, that stuff with his mother. Oof! That penultimate episode of this season was hard. Well, well, especially so. I have dementia in my family. So accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I worked at 
the largest Alzheimer's home in Illinois when I was 15. Like, I was the assistant to the music therapist there. Very accurate. Yeah. Also, as a 15-year-old, I had no ability to deal with constant death, which was also, like, a reality of that job, which Mm -hmm. is part of the reason I quit that job, because I was like... This is because like, this is a lot. Yeah, well, because you know you had you cared so deeply about those patients, and then you would go in, and they would have died while you weren't there, and you'd come back, and they just no longer were there. Yeah, and like as a fifteen-year-old, you do not have the emotional vocabulary to really deal with that. Yeah. You know, like, really deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and, and it wasn't just like one or two, it was like all the time, right? Because it's a huge facility. And so I was like, oh, I don't think I should do this anymore, <laughs> at least right now. Um, but it also gave me a really beautiful perspective of life mm-hmm. in general, right? Like, and a, a deep and abiding appreciation for life. Um, yeah. But, yes, dementia. Also, like, I mean, that reckoning of how terrible someone was to you when they were not suffering from dementia, and then seeing them suffering from dementia, and you projecting all of that, like, stuff that's very real, very legitimate, very justified stuff onto a person who cannot understand why you're mad at them, Mm -hmm. or, like... That particular experience very deeply resonates with me. Yeah. It's, and it's like watching that was very, like, I was, it like messed me up for like a night. Yeah. yeah. It's, that is a hard episode. Yeah. It is a gut wrenching episode because the, the other thing, I mean, again, this is like a beautiful crafting of that story is they humanize B. Yeah. You see her as a little girl, like, just, and just that in itself, what a rough childhood. Right. Like, the, they humanize her, right? Like, they yeah. make you understand that this monster didn't come from nowhere. Yeah. Right? And, like... And it's so easy. Like, the horrible mother trope is such an easy one to fall back on. And it's one that, in the first couple seasons, f- is is taken very frequently. Like, yes. oh, my mother was horrible. My mother, my mother is terrible. And it would have been lazy to just, like allow that to live on as an excuse absolutely but it just shows what an incredible what a, what incredible storytellers and what incredible humans yeah they devoted two whole episodes to developing her backstory yeah yeah a, a lot of I mean I remember the episode last season where there was basically no talking the underground yeah underwater the underwater one, I mean. one. Like, being like, oh, this is really incredible storytelling. And I feel like this season took that and, like, just expanded on it. Mm-hmm. I forgot like, about that episode. Yeah, that that's an incredible episode. Yeah. Because you're also, he's dealt, he's dealing with his isolation. Yeah. Right? In, like, the most, like, forced way possible. Yep. Uh, and then you see that sort of come to even more fruition in this season. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have a couple minutes left. Great. So, the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like a show they're putting on. Yes, so Sunday, 8 (laughs) p.m., Uptown Underground. 
Sunday the 24th? Yes, the 24th. So, I mean, I'm assuming this is going up this week. It's going up tomorrow morning. Great. So, this Sunday, the 24th. It is Tuesday now. Yes. Tomorrow will be Wednesday. Yes. Uh, The other thing we sort of have brewing is Freischutz is still brewing. We just got to raise money. But we are partnering with Opera and Tap. So, all of your donations will be tax deductible. I just need to, Sally and I made a video, I don't know how to edit videos, which, I mean, if you want to do me a real big solid, I can't, I mean, I'm, I can maybe pay you a little, but I'm poor. No, yeah. Yes. We'll talk about it. Yes, um, I mean, because I want to like, honor that this is what you do, but also I'm like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to on, on audio recording say that I'm going to do something for you. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and you could cut all this out. So. I won't. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, but we need to raise money for it. Um, but we really were committed to that project happening. And uh, that's my next big thing. But I needed to get through this. I When you're not getting paid to do those things, like and you, it's hard to yeah. how much of my life can be devoted to the things that aren't paying me. Which I would gladly devote all of my life, except for. Huh. We uh-huh. know nothing we of know that. know nothing about that. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard balancing act. Um, but I'm really excited for that because, you know, Freischitz has not been done in Chicago since 1871. Are you fucking kidding me? No. It pre. It, the last time it's been done in the United States, uh, at least to the best of our knowledge, was 1972 at the Met. And it's only been done 30 times historically at the Met. But the last time it was done in Chicago was 1871. What? Yeah. So we're like, wait. Do it. Yeah. Like, and I don't know one opera singer who isn't like secretly weirdly obsessed with Freischitz. Right? Like a lot of people are like secretly obsessed with this opera. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can raise the money because it costs money. Yeah. I mean, we're committed, again, we're committed to paying the artists. We're committed to paying all of the, you know, this because this is what we do, right? right. And even if it's a, a measly amount, we're committed to paying something, like something to everyone. And the very um, timid and like held back reserved budget we came up with was $6,000. So <laughs> it starts to feel like Monopoly money, right? <laughs> um, oh my god! On my walk. Um, so you know, and that—that's like to get space, to get this, to get that, right? Like to pay the conductor, to pay the director, to pay all the right. singers, to you know. Yeah. So which. So six thousand yeah, dollars. Actually, when you put it that way, six thousand dollars is really not a it's, lot of money. That is a very that's chump change. Yes, and we and like that's the other thing. Like I was like, I said to a friend, I'm like, how much like uh, like lyric and met do they co- do new productions cost? He's like, I don't know, four million because he works in that like that side of things. And I was like, oh, four million. All I need is six thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me was like, I could do anything, right? I could do six thousand. Looking for four billion, and then part of me is like, oh boy. But I think. Well, then the other part of you is like, what can I personally do with six thousand dollars? I mean, honestly, this is the thing: six thousand dollars. Even we say this, and we all think it, right? But that money goes so fast. Yeah. I recently, I recently acquired through some shuffling two thousand dollars 
gone. Gone instantly. Gone. Because there are things you actually deprive yourself of. And not even like things like, like I need to go get a fucking eye exam, right? So if someone handed me extra money, I'd be like, great, I'm going to get some glasses. <laughs> you know, Dude, I might buy I, contacts for the first time. I'm re-wearing glasses I was wearing three years ago because my other pair of glasses that I was wearing five years ago that I liked the prescription better, the, the <laughs> arm broke off. And I've been just super gluing the arm back on something like six or seven different occasions over like yeah, periods of Yeah, I months. mean, we. this is the, the hi-ho, the contractor life, right? Yep. These glasses I got for the five-month period that I had vision insurance. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the <laughs> thing. We say that, but I also know just in human adulting experience that that money would go so much quicker than you even realize. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean... Hopefully, hopefully we can get people to donate and like that'd be awesome. Believe in this vision with us. It's also I I I personally wrestle like I feel like this holds a place and I feel like it like actually is like this really great project, right? But like I'm usually asking people to come to things that go to charity, and I'm like, this is for the love of the art. <laughs> you know, like well, this is like honestly, I would hit up like some Chicago organizations about it being yeah. like let's bring fry shuts back to Chicago. I really need to send a proper email to Don Cos and talk to them about it because I feel like that would be yeah. something they should do. This is me just like processing right now, right? Yeah. Like processing verbally on the on the internet. <laughs> that's what it's for. Really. Yes, yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, we should wrap up if that's a cool. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. You can head over to scopymag.com. We post all of our articles there. We also are on a bunch of different social media places. Um, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, we're under, Facebook first. Facebook, we're under Scopy Magazine. Second, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, under Scopy Mag. We spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity, including getting new sound equipment. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you should head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. If you're, um, I already said if you're in a position to give. Huh. Uh, you, it's there late, y'all. Long it's like, day. Boom, long boom, day boom. Long. Uh, there are a couple ways that you can give. You can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, there are some cool things. If you give it $5 a month, our next two donors are going to get a bag of half-wit coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give it $10 a month, you're going to get one session a month of studio photography from Daniel. If you give it $25 a month and you have an organization then you will have advertising space on our website. Uh, so, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>